Finland has a 1,300-kilometre-long land border with Russia. It fought two wars in the 1940s to defend, then reclaim lost territory. And it's now applying to join NATO. And there, most knowledge of Finland ends, which is a shame. Because a staple of Finnish life could offer a permanent solution to our energy, price and supply-side crises, relying on cooperatives, not corporations, to deliver. Co-ops in Finland began in 1899, a movement designed to strengthen society after a period of Russification to suppress Finland's burgeoning independence movement. Civic organisations gave local people a non-political way to unite and to avoid trading monopolies that left people overcharged and farmers underpaid. The first Cooperative Act was passed in 1901 and co-op banks, dairies and shops opened immediately almost everywhere. The workers' movement backed co-ops as a way to develop civic abilities and to rid people of subservient attitudes. Indeed, Finland became independent in 1917 and despite a terrible civil war and two Russian invasions, cooperatives continued, expanded and modernised much like the resilient Finns themselves, to become a defining aspect of the country today. There are over 4,000 cooperatives in Finland and 7 million cooperative memberships, and that's more than the actual population. 3 million of those memberships belong to the massive S-Group cooperative, with 1,800 outlets, including supermarkets, department stores, petrol stations, car dealerships, dairies, 60 Sokos hotels and a bank. The bank pays out some revenues and bonuses to owners, some in tax to the state, and some is reinvested in renewable energy. S-Group is the biggest solar producer in Finland and the third largest wind power producer. Indeed, 80% of its own electricity needs are supplied by S-Group turbines. Despite its vast size, though, the S-Group isn't a great monolith. It's run as 20 independent regional cooperatives. What does that mean in practice? Well, it means that cooperative hotels can choose to invest in their own local economies. Hotels like the S-Group Solo Sokos Hotel Laden Serenen. During a trip to the Sibelius Festival this summer in Lahti, an hour northeast of Helsinki, I stayed at the Solo Sokos Hotel and spoke to its manager, Risto Turinen. Risto, you've just been showing me round um, a cooperative hotel, uh, which in, in Britain would make people think um, it's probably a bit bargain basement. Uh, but actually, it's astonishing because it's a beautiful, luxurious, ambitious, modern, interesting building with all sorts of design built in that's completely unexpected. How, how, does, this, how does this operate? You know, as, what's the cooperative bit in this? Is there anything relevant to it? Um, what we do have is, is around 20 different companies around Finland in and different they're all, areas. They're all cooperatives. They're all cooperatives. And it's been sold in one place as a, as a, as a whole, with, with, with the label of Sokos Hotels, for example. We have 60 different hotels. Now, with our company in Lahti region, we have two hotels that are part of Sokos Hotels chain. So, so that's really one thing. The, the thing I, that makes this hotel different today is that if I just go back a bit 15 years ago I would have you know if you would have 
come here, everything was, was the hotels were meant to be like they were they looked the same, they smelled the same, they're they're really boring. <laughs> you know the the thing was that you the, the all the qualities should be the same. You should experience the same things. But nobody wants to have the same thing in a hotel that's based in, in Helsinki or, or Lahti or, or Rovaniemi in upper you know. And um, around f five, seven years, six years ago, uh, we labeled Sokosotas with di three different brands. Original hotels that are mainly the, the things that where we, where we came from. And then we have break hotels that are located in, in uh, rural areas, outside of cities. And then we have solo concept, which, which allows and enables you to, to, to uh, be individual, to create something that's unique. And that's what really changed five, six, seven years ago with Sokos Hotels. And that what that's something that enabled for us to make solo Sokosotel Lahden Seurahuone a different place. And this is there are no two things. There is nothing here that you that has been duplicated elsewhere. Well, yes, I was very taken by your recycled wooden wash hand basins and baths. Yeah, yeah. You tell me that I could have lifted the bath with yeah, one hand yeah, yeah. if it wasn't nailed down. Yeah, the, the recycled. Uh, it, it's just recycled wood, wooden composite, and it's 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 just when we talk about things that really matter, we talk about sustainability and things like that. Uh, actually, Lahti, our hotel was the first Sokos hotels in Finland that was you know that was given the Sustainable Travel Finland Award, or a cert cert certificate, and then uh, Lahti is is the first city in Finland that received that. Uh, certificate. So, so that's one difference. I mean, another difference when I came in here, because this is a separate area from the main hotel, mm -hmm. I picked the wrong floor and ended up in the Sokos Women's Department, women's department <laughs> of the department <laughs> store. Now, again, see, like, this is how unbelievably large the whole S group is. Yeah, it's and, part I mean, of our, our, I was our trying our company. To, to look yeah. at the list of things there are within this one cooperative structure. You've got hotels, obviously. Yes, You've got a department store. Yes. And uh, well, we, we have car dealerships. Uh, we used to, well, we we have quite a few banks. different things. No, well, S Bank, yes, as in S Group, yes, as a whole. Um, the good thing about the cooperative company like us is that when when Corona hit us. The hotels were closed for a while, and and everything you know, restaurants were empty and everything like that. We didn't get uh, laid or, or fired. Uh, we had a chance. I had a chance to go to a supermarket and work there for a few months. So, th so, so the, the 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 amazing part is that we had a chance to work and, and maybe learn something new. I learned to respect the ladies, the the people that work in. In just supermarkets, you know, filling out uh, the, the shelves, shelves, and then being an, uh, at the cashier, which you know it's it's easy to say, you know, it's easy easy to criticize, but when you do it, and when when you notice how 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 they specialize in, let's say, bread department or or drinks or whatever, and it's it, it's amazingly cool to see how how 
how what, how good they are at what they do. But then you you told me that you've worked for 37 years within yeah. Socos, <coughs> and and you started <laughs> off as a bellboy, which yeah. is hard to believe. No, I mean, hardly anyone has that kind you mean of career. Not, I don't have shoals. <laughs> <laughs> No. no, it's more just 37 years in one company is un no, unheard of. No, no, no. Actually, I've, I've been around. I, that's not in the same company. I started as a bellboy. I, I, I never wanted to be a firefighter or a policeman or, or anything like that. Maybe uh, an angel on a weekend basis. But, but just, you know, my dream was always since 1984, when I was 14 years old, to, to start working in a hotel or, on the, or in this environment. I had no idea what it involves, and God knows I didn't want to be a salesman, which I am. But but then again, you know, I, I've been you know I've been in hotel kitchens, uh, you know, in in housekeeping, to, and to be able to see all, all that all the things that happen inside the hotel, and value those people that you know that where where they are good at. Um, but uh, you know, I, I've been in Sokos hotels. Well, I, this first experience with hotels wasn't at the Sokos Hotel, but then 1988, and after that, you know, I started in a reception. I was a night portier. I was, you know, I've, I've done it all, mm -hmm. working in bars and restaurants. And then I moved to to Baltic states, uh, to to Estonia actually, and worked there six, seven years in a different company, but learned to value what we have in Finland, because it's so easy to criticize and forget that we have so many things that are so good. So what, what do you have in Finland that you missed when you were in Estonia, which is a sim very kind of similar at, at, at country? The moment, uh, at, at that point, it was just the security, the, the feeling of being able to go anywhere, um, uh, and cleanliness, and, and many things. But let's, let's be honest, uh, today, in many technical respects, Estonia is a bit further than we are. I mean, the, the things that they had, parking uh, with, with uh, you know, apps and, and like that, it just came to Finland many years after Estonia. But at that point, in 1998, 1999... They'd only been independent They were brushing streets with brooms, yeah. not with machines. So, so there were many things and, and you know, uh, we have a lot of snow. Normally, I don't know if, it, if that's the future, but you know, in Finland, you don't close uh, the, the airports because of snow, ever, basically. So, so just these things where you, you don't realize how much you have until you look at it from mm -hmm. outside or have a different perspective. But I'm still so interested in the cooperative side yeah. of this. Um, the, the S card gets you, I mean, people, what do you get for being a member, a cooperative <coughs> member of the S group? You get this card that allows you to clock up points yeah. everywhere? Yeah, we have a, a green card for leisure business, for, for individuals, for just anybody. They're actually the owners of S group. They're actually the owners. So, and there are roughly two, three million of S card holders in Finland. Think about that. We wow. are we are five point five million people. You're owned by three million fans. Basically, basically, yeah. How how do you run? No. Well, you've got yeah, your S card right yeah, here, I did, right there. I'm I'm one of the owners. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
But in day-to-day -day terms, how does that make this a different business? You have worked in different sort of structures, so how does being a cooperative make any difference? Does it? It's, it gives you a sense of stability as, as you know, workers inside the company. It, it was really, really nice. If, you, if I had been working with Scandic, I would, I would, you know, those people were fired because they didn't have any place to go other than the hotel or a restaurant. They had to close it. People don't have work. So, so for me, it's just the one thing, I, if I had to say something, is the security of it all. Yeah, well, that's massively important. Yeah. And I mean, is there, is, there, is there good rates of pay for staff? Because a, a feature in Britain has often been very low pay for people in the catering industry. You don't want to speak about uh, that? We are, uh, no, it, it's okay because we have the same problem. I mean, the hotel and restaurant industry in Finland is really, really poorly paid. Um, maybe one of the things that, you know, when Corona started, we had, for example, in, in our restaurant, Trattoria, six uh, cooks left to work in a grocery store because of a better pay. Chefs. Wow. Yeah. No, not chef, but you know, cooks. Oh, cooks. Yeah. yeah. And then you know, it's, they, you know, and, and the working hours are better. I mean, you don't have to. Yes. See the uh, drunken Finnish people running around <laughs> half naked. <laughs> no, that's sorry. No, that's <laughs> and, the Scots. <laughs> well, then we have something sim something that we have in common. But then again, the the thing is, you had a breakfast with us this morning, just as an example. Did you see the honeycomb? Yes, yes. You didn't know probably that the, that honeycomb comes from 40 meters away from our from the top of our roof. <laughs> okay. We have 6,500 bees up there doing that. <laughs> and then there is a, a local company that produces. They have their pigs. It's a it's a huge farm, and it's just 15 kilometers away. Uh, bacon, sausages. They come from, you know, if the porridge is coming from the place I, where I live, just 20 kilometers away, uh, the, the flour for porridge. Uh, so, so, so many things are, are really, really, truly local. Bread comes from uh, a, a bread, bread company that's really close by. And is that policy then across the cooperatives that you, you're trying to source things locally? Well, that's, that's part of the sustainable. So that's your, Lati is very keen on that. Yeah, well, so many others are nowadays. It's it's just a way of working, a way of thinking. But even it's, though you, because, because I, I guess people might think when you have this enormous company, then big is beautiful, one big contract, yeah, that, multinational. That, that idea used to be the fact that we had, but it made hotels boring. If you went to, a, we had, Amarillo restaurants in 10 cities all around Finland, they all had the same menu. What the hell? I mean, it's, you, you could get the same, exactly the same food with, ex, with you know, exactly looking like exactly the so same. So basically pizza, express, same everywhere. Yeah, and it's really, and it's boring. So, so when, when the, the hotel, these, these um, solo hotels came, or this, this uh, different way of thinking, then it made us realize that we have to be unique, not only in what we do as a hotel, uh, hotel rooms, the interiors, but also the food.
So would I not find, I mean, you've got all sorts of you things. You wouldn't find these. All, all, the, all, the, all the kind of beautiful lamps and wooden tables, the giraffes and yeah. kind of, you know, all it's this just us. exotic I mean, stuff in this room. Well, if somebody has, you know, have you seen anybody that has the same clothes that you have? <laughs> exactly the same clothes. I mean, it's really rare. Yeah. It happens on occasion, but, but it's, you know, it's just, you know, Mm -hmm. Freak accident, yeah. maybe then, you know, to have to, to go to a party and have the same two, you know, ladies that have exactly the same outfit, and and that's what happens here. I mean, we have these are all selected by our, you know, the, the people who who made these, who planned this. So it's, and it's, do, it's do you just do you try us. to even get your furniture from the the La, the Lati region, or if you yeah gone yeah everything uh, the, the the sofas in 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 your your room as well. They come from Holola, which is just 15 kilometers away. So right, that's There's a big, big furniture company, Isku, that is based in Lahti. And many of, the, many of the things that we have come from them. Do, do you think if you were not a cooperative hotel, you would have sourced so many things locally? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. If we, if we could afford it, basically. I mean, the Finnish design is not cheap i mean if you think about the sustainability you don't have to travel far you, you can get things you know that's easy you know you don't have to bring stuff from brazil or anywhere so that makes things easy but the finnish uh, labor is just really really insanely expensive that's you know, yeah that's it's a dilemma we have but it's a, a choice yes yeah. We, we choose to 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 pick up local things. That, that's just what we want to do. Good. <laughs> well, that honestly, that I think that really works, and it's it's where people are going with the future. It, it might be something that if I hadn't interviewed you, I think I wouldn't know that. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe from a but I think consumers want to know that they want to know how much of this ask, is local. For, yeah, many people ask for it. The, the, Maybe you should have a little card, you know, um, somewhere yeah, in the room. It's, it's something. Is that it's, too pushy? Uh, no, it's it's it, 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 maybe it's uh, part of Finnish Finnish people being humble and not wanting to brag too much. I mean, and, and that's really. I mean, <laughs> just an example. There were this. You no, know, let's say it was candy. They had new toothbrushes in, in rooms, and the, the, the advertisements were huge. We have scanning it, they are bringing something totally new. Now we made this, and it's like, well, well, shit happens. <laughs> and I was, yeah, yeah, but this is, this is nice, isn't it? So, so we, are, we are a bit too modest. We should be more proud of, of, of the local things that we can have and, and Well, it's all, it's maybe just but a, it's not but it's a communications thing. It's just that I wouldn't know and I would yeah, like to have yeah. known that, you know. So maybe you could just, overcome, because honestly, the Scots are very, very similar to this. Yeah, I know. You could overcome it in the sense that you're just sharing it with the public who would want to know. Yeah. Anyway. We, we are trying. We, we are trying to get better. I mean, with... with uh, social media and, and everything like that, but it's just you know it's it's so much who we are as Finns, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd say. Yes, we I are do. becoming. I mean, the younger I'm, I'm, I'm an older guy already, so you know, for me, it's it's traditions and how things have been. We have, we made this 20 years ago, and that's how things should be done. Now, but if you talk to the, the younger 
salespeople that we have in Helsinki, for example, they, they think totally different. I mean, they, are, they, they, they post things in, in LinkedIn and everything, you know, everything that comes out as new, they bring it out. So, so they are better at it, better at it at, than, than me. <laughs> that, that is charmingly yeah, Finnish, yeah. honestly, it's very endearing. Yeah. Well, anyway, look, thank you so much for that extra You're explanation, which was fascinating. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. But the, the example of Sokos, although it's extraordinary to think of a hotel group owned by three million owners that can still work so flexibly and locally is not exceptional in Finland because it is a country of cooperatives. And I'm here um, actually now in Helsinki with Kari Huttala, uh, who is the uh, director of cooperation for Palervo, which is a kind of cooperative umbrella centre. And I, I mean, normally I don't start with statistics, but they are so mind-blowing, <laughs> it's worth doing how many people in Finland are a member of a cooperative? So uh, approximately 90% of Finnish adult population have at least one membership card in their pocket. So quite many. So we have 5.5 million people and we have 7.5 membership million membership, which means that on average they have 1.5, 1.5 six memberships right so there's capita. there's more memberships than there are fins exactly how did that really begin because it's such a different profile from the kind of big corporate structures that dominate britain and this belief there that corporate is good it's the only way to do things properly big is beautiful you know these ideas we we are saddled with are just not so present in your society. So when when did cooperatives really begin in Finland? Mm. Um, uh, the first cooperatives were established approximately 125 years ago. So it was in the end of 19th century when we still were under the Russian rule. Finland became independent in 1917. So a long history. There were two types of cooperatives that were established, farmers' cooperatives, milk cooperatives, dairies, and, and, and meat cooperatives, and then consumer cooperatives. And why farmers established uh, cooperatives? The reason was that, that uh, private, um, private uh, shops or stores, so they, they were having monopolies. And, uh, and these cooperatives, uh, brought an alternative that uh, producer prices became better and and the same thing with cooperative stores shops so so consumer prices became cheaper so uh, they corrected the market that was the reason hmm. and then big big cooperatives like Sokos started quite early um, is that now the main way that someone has a membership? Is that they are a member of the S group, the huge S group with all its different branches? They are actually uh, as members in the regional cooperative stores. So uh, consumer cooperatives started as as local village shops or 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 small city shops. So they were very small. Say later on, uh, they grew. And, and and much later, so so they merged, so the, they became became uh, bigger, and now we are having 
approximately 20 cooperative stores all around the country. They are still regional, they have regional uh, characters and special features, and they belong to the same large S group, which mm. provides them efficient services. But they are independent, those regional yeah. cooperative And then if, if I, if I, I mean, what bank do you have? Is your bank a cooperative? The biggest uh, bank in Finland, bank group, uh, local um, cooperative banks, they have market share of approximately 40%. I myself, I'm a member and client in, in this bank. It wasn't this way earlier, so it grew in 1980s, 1990s, and now it's the market leader. So it's, it's bigger here in Finland than, for instance, Nordea. Right. Okay, so how, how, what difference would that make that you're in a cooperatively owned bank, I mean, or even the S Group? Uh, what difference does it give to you as one of the membership the membership is, of course, very important that you are not only client, but you are a member who is owning democratically these, these banks or these, these shops. So perhaps you don't have chief executives who earn 200 million pounds a year Ho- then? Hopefully not. So, so because they also not only own, but they also control, uh, control the leadership uh, through the democratic governance. But then the other aspect is that Finland is a large country and, uh, and people live dispersed, especially in the countryside. So these cooperative stores and cooperative banks are those who are still present in those sparsely populated areas, are they which is not, not self-evident. Are they subsidized then by the state? No, not at all. Really? So, so all our cooperatives are self-sufficient so last year was was a super good year so they are very profitable while they are at the same time delivering uh, bonuses back to the owners so they are doing very well this is not either self-evident still in 1980s for instance s group was in big problems but now is it's prospering economically and otherwise so you're not spending money, well, you're still giving dividends or shares or some money to your, your, your owners, but you've got three, you've got hundreds of thousands, millions of that owners. That is right. Um, that is right. Does that, does that, you're still making profit because that's where it goes, but how is it better than a normal, big, commercial, corporate company? That is a good question, and many many are wondering that why why do we need to make profit because we are cooperatives? We need to make profit in order to survive, in order to be able to invest as cooperatives. But the difference is that first, that the goal of the cooperatives is not to maximize the profit, unlike in IOFs, investor owned on firms, their goal is to maximize the profit in order to be able to deliver maximal dividends. But we do not maximize the profit, we maximize the member benefits. So anything that is not needed for investments and, and some, some other needs, so it is returned back to the members. And that makes a difference. 
See, I remember, this might be wrong, but I remember going to the Åland Islands um, in Finland and um, actually we met some people who, I think it was a cooperative ferry company, might, it could be wrong, but they said they had um, a breakfast share because all they got back from it was enough to buy a breakfast. It was very, very small, but they mm. also got a third of the places on the ferry reserved for islanders um, so that they always managed to get backwards and forwards. In Scotland, islanders are stuck on their islands mm-hmm. for weeks and weeks, mm-hmm. months, really, because they can't reserve places on, mm-hmm. on, the, on the ferries. So actually, that cooperative membership was important to them because it gave them that one benefit <laughs> that was more than money exactly. could buy. That sounds good. And all that is very familiar to me because I'm responsible for those cooperatives, Swedish cooperatives over there. Our cooperatives, they are 100% owned by Finnish people, and which makes a big difference. So the Finnish listed companies, they, they, they deliver two-thirds of their dividends abroad. Cooperatives return 100% of their surpluses back to local owners' members. Yeah, that's, This makes a difference. That There's is ownership. huge. Yes. Ownership. I'm not saying that foreign ownership is bad, no. But but in this world, so cooperatives, they control their own operations. The ownership is in our country or, or in our region. And they are democratically owned and and governed. And this makes a very big difference compared to ILS or LCs. Yeah, we, we, we would probably call them PLCs, I think, PLCs back home. Is... For example, we have a big problem with, well, England has a problem with water. It's mm-hmm. had the worst drought for 500 years. It has privately owned water companies, astonishingly, and three quarters of them are owned abroad. They're making massive profits, billions. It's the same with our energy companies. They're making billions I mean, they're almost embarrassed now. Some of them have said, impose a tax on us because they know there will be a public backlash about how much they've up, they've earned, they're earning. Mm. And still, we don't think of cooperatives. <laughs> we still don't seem to be a society that thinks quickly about cooperatives that could be a large scale. Um, I mean, for here, for example, I think are some of the biggest forestry cooperatives in the world where you've got 20,000 Metsa, 20, 30,000 members working together Mm. or sharing Mm. together. How does that actually work to run something like Metsa, which is this forestry cooperative with say 20, 30,000 members? I mean, how does that? 100,000 members. Okay, 100,000. First first comment, this this water maintenance and it can be called so-called infrastructure services. They are vital for any society, any country. And we are lucky to have a large number of uh, water water cooperatives in Finland. Really? Water cooperatives? Water cooperatives uh, 1,500 water cooperatives, regional local water cooperatives, which provide uh, fresh water to their members. Really? Exactly. That is, we are proud of it. I'm amazed at that. So that's not like a municipal... Council function. They it's... they collaborate with municipalities, but but they are independent. They might uh, quite often they they buy the water from the municipality, 
but uh, they are not municipally owned or privately owned. So who do they supply it to? Is it industry or consumers like me in a house? Uh, mostly consumers. The other field is infrastructure service is, is, is uh, broadband networks. Uh, right now, tens and hundreds of broadband net networks are being built uh, in the form of cooperative in Finland. Maybe not hundreds, but tens of them. And especially in those areas where large companies are not interested in doing it for business reasons. And still we all know that broadband is almost like food or water. We mm-hmm. need it today. And, and the third one, energy, which you uh, took up, it is threatened in Finland as well that we still have some some energy cooperatives, electricity cooperatives. They are not large, but those who are who, that still exist, they are doing well. We could have more, we could have bigger. And I hope that in the future we have larger energy cooperatives in Finland that, that can decide themselves what price they take and and how they uh, how they um, produce electricity or heat so, instead of having private companies that may even yes, but in the best worst case exploit mm-hmm. the consumer. So, so you think a, a better solution going forward now might be to question the role of those private companies in supplying energy and move more towards cooperatives? Absolutely. I'm, I, I'm not sure if it's possible to change this, this market and this situation in, in, in short term because these energy companies require so much capital. And this has always been one of the weaknesses in cooperatives to gain capital and, and, and assets. But uh, as we see, this group is, or our cooperative banks are a good example, they have grown they are prospering, they are solid in terms of their economy. So it is possible. Why, why couldn't we have in the future larger cooperatively owned energy companies which are owned by Finnish people, Finnish entrepreneurs and uh, are more reliable than those whose interests are somewhere out there, not here necessarily. This is a very good question, but just finally, you've spent you visited Scotland for Nordic Horizons a couple of well more than four years ago because of COVID. Um, but so you know, just you've just had a little experience, I guess, of Scotland and Britain. Um, we have such a low amount of cooperatives in our society because I think in Scotland people still expect the state to provide. You know, at the moment there's a big push for energy to be nationalised, so they answer to a lot for a lot of people is that the state, the central state, should come in and run things and it's an automatic response. All political parties in Finland, they more or less, they support the cooperative idea. That cooperatives and uh, the cooperative idea does not have, basically have any enemies in Finland. I, I don't know why, I cannot explain, maybe one reason is that this cooperative um, Mindset is pretty close to the Finnish mindset. Uh, I'm equal to other, so we are 
pretty equal country as citizens. Maybe you should also start from this that cooperatives are different. They are democratically owned. They are value-based organizations, firms, and they do not strive to maximize the profit, but maximize the member benefit. And who are the members? They are those local people who live there in the area where the cooperative exists. And uh, I would encourage to start from the youth because the youth is our future. And uh, maybe older do not do not do not uh, learn new tricks anymore, but but the youth might. And they should. Not only do water co-ops mean that crazy profits, big salaries and underinvestment are relatively unknown in the water industry in Finland, there are also seven electricity co-ops and even more ordinary private companies that use the Mankala principle, whereby electricity is distributed at production cost instead of making a profit. Around two-fifths of Finnish electricity is based on this very fair principle, which means Finns won't be freezing or rushing to use heat banks this winter. Meanwhile, while 432 people own half the private land of Scotland, 100,000 people, members of the Mezzalito Cooperative, own half of Finland's private forests. So corporate isn't the only game in town. Big can also mean local and control matters more to the majority of citizens than massive shareholder dividends. The Finnish scientist Arturiel Mari Virtanen won the Nobel Prize for Chemistry in 1945. He said, we have no Rockefellers or Carnegies, but we do have cooperatives. Since then, Finland has become an economy based on mutuality. It's also become the world's happiest country for the fifth year running, according to the UN Sustainable Development Network. Are the two connected? How could they not be? This podcast was recorded by Leslie Riddich, edited by Chris Smith, and made possible by the generosity of Finnair, Visit Finland and Sokos Hotels.